everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Purpose Podcast. My name is Ray Trevino, and I am your host. Each week, we will explore the essential elements of living a fulfilling, balanced, and meaningful life. Our podcast brings together entrepreneurs, business executives, coaches, and everyday people like you and me who have seen challenges and have overcome adversities to create success and find balance in their lives. Whether you're a young professional seeking to make an impact in your career, a parent looking to balance work and family life, or a retiree seeking to create a new purpose, our podcast is something for everyone. So join us as we delve into the world of living a balanced and purposeful life and discover how you can create a life of balance and purpose for yourself. Today's guest is the Director of Service in the Automotive Industry. He oversees operations for 12 service departments and two collision centers. He is a husband, father, golfer, and fisherman. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome Jeff Cole to the show. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Well, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I'm a father of five, got a beautiful wife, got a good life, definitely tons of stress in my life as well, but you know, it's fun. I'm busy and, you know, just kind of enjoying it. That's awesome. You mentioned a, a good point right off the bat. Father of five, beautiful wife, and a bunch of stress in your life. <laughs> With all of that going on, how do you manage to keep your life balanced? You know, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely a struggle. Some days are easier than others. But honestly, it's just my competitive nature that drives me trying to be the best person that I can possibly be, even though I fail at that pretty much every single day. I'm driven. I'm just driven to try and improve in any way, shape or form every single day. And, you know, I've got goals just like everybody else. And the only way to do that is to just focus on something and go after it. That's awesome. And you bring up another point when you talk about goals and failing on a daily basis. How do you look at your failures? Because I, I know you, I know you are driven and I know when you fail, it's probably a win. But to yourself, it seems as a fail. How do you mentally and physically deal with that? Honestly, I, I'm let down quite often. But instead of letting the let down or being disappointed in not hitting what I'm trying to hit, whatever it is, I don't get sad about it or down about it. I find out what I could have done differently. Years ago, I applied a technique. You know, I was just like everybody else, just trying to grow a career, trying to make something of myself. And I wanted to get to that next level and trying to figure out how could I do that? It wasn't easy. So I decided to come up with a uh, called look in the mirror technique. So anytime something bad happens, I always look in the mirror. You can always look in the mirror and go, what could I have done differently? Even if the bad item or the bad issue that happened is someone else's control. They did something to you or they said something to you or basically it was fully in their control. There's something you could have done differently. And what I do is I apply that as often as I possibly can, because what that does is teaches me techniques and things that I can do to help me defend myself from those happening later on. That's awesome. Look in the mirror technique. What could I have done differently? Great. That's a great way and a great perspective to look at things because it's in essence a self reflection of you and, and what you can do. And you're not necessarily looking at it as a loss, but as a teaching moment. Right. And so now you oversee 12 service departments and two collision centers. What got you to that point? Because that's a mighty task. That's millions of dollars in revenue oh, yeah. every single month that you're seeing come in and come out. What led you to where you are now? So I'll start at the beginning. So whenever I was growing up and I was in school, my dad worked for a company called Schwann's Foods. You know, they go door to door and sell foods. And 
that's all I knew. So while I was in school and, you know, I was getting ready to get out of school, I wasn't going to go to college because I didn't want to waste any time and I didn't want to waste money. My goal was to follow my father's footsteps. And my dad was extremely successful with Schwann's. He went up the ladder very, very fast. And so my goal was to get into Schwann's and beat every record he had. And that was just all I ever wanted to do. So when I got out of high school, I had to kill time because you have to be 21 to work there. So when I turned 21, I went to work for him. I started doing exactly what I wanted to do. Started breaking records, started making a name for myself. And then life hit. My dad oversaw the entire state of Texas for a period of time and I couldn't work directly underneath him. So for me to get promoted and start moving up that ladder, I would have to move elsewhere. And my wife at the time decided she didn't want to be married anymore. So I got faced with a divorce. And so I had a customer of mine who was in the automotive industry. He was a service director of a Toyota dealership. And he had been talking to me about, you know, would I be interested in getting into the automotive industry? And at that time I was like, you're out of your mind. There's no way I want to deal with cars. The automotive industry had a little bit of a stigma attached to it. And so a lot of people weren't really interested in it. And so when this happened, I went and knocked on his door on a Saturday afternoon. And I said, hey, is that offer still available? Because I knew I didn't want to leave my kids. So I wanted to stay within range to where I could at least visit my children since we were going to be divorced. So I jumped in to become a service advisor at a Toyota dealership and didn't know anything about it. Um, it definitely was an eye opener about a whole different industry. But I realized I was good at it. And the reason I was good at it was because in the service industry, you're serving, you know, you're serving others. And that's my comfort zone. I truly love to serve others. And if I can make money doing so, it's just a win-win in my personal opinion. So I kind of just jumped into that gig. Honestly, I didn't start out doing all that great. It was a big learning curve. I fell into the same traps that every service advisor does in the automotive industry. I just wasn't all that great to be completely honest. But my competitive nature in me I was never going to stay that way. My goal was to grow and to do big things. So decided shortly after maybe a couple of years in the San Antonio area, decided I'm going to move to the big Dallas Fort Worth area and I'm going to get with the luxury group and start working on the luxury side and got up there, interviewed at a few different places and found a Lexus dealership that I decided to call home. That was definitely an eye opener as well because you wear a suit as a service advisor. And so that's a whole different deal. You know, you leave a service drive that has three or four people to a service drive that has 30 people. And the bulk of these service advisors had college degrees. You know, they were truly professional people. And so I was in a whole different element. And so for me to be competitive, I had to step up my game and I really had to look at my professionalism. And the first year was, was again, it was another eye opener. Again, that competitive nature in me just gave me that drive to want to be better. And obviously within the service departments for the automotive dealerships, You've got parameters that you need to meet. You know, you want to have great customer service. So your CSI scores need to be top. You know, you need to write up a lot of tickets. So you need to serve a lot of customers so you can create revenue for the service department. So there was measurements that you were able to measure yourself up against others. So uh, for our listeners who may not know what some of this means, what is a CSI score? Customer service index. So anytime you go in for service, you're going to get a survey that says how they do. Well. Wow. That's something that's lofty, too, because not only are you measuring yourself or your performance, but you're also getting to see what the customers really think about you. Yeah, correct. That could be scary, too, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, especially on the service side, because, you know, a lot of times when people are coming into service, they're coming in with an issue. You know, unless they're just coming in for routine maintenance, they're coming in for an issue. So it can be very difficult for the customer. You know, the customers come in very stressed out about a situation and it's your job to be their advocate and to try and make it as smooth as possible and still make it a great experience. And 
that can be very difficult when you've got outside factors like the vehicle itself. They can just break or you can have parts delays or maybe a technician does something incorrectly and you've got to address that. And so there's a lot of parameters that you have to juggle to ensure that that customer experience is what it needs to be. And honestly, that's where my career grew. You know, I wanted to become the best. And for me to be the best, I had to be the best for my customers. And so I really started looking at my customers as friends and family. I want them to want to come back to me every single time. And so if they're coming back to see me every single time, that's going to give me more opportunity to grow my career. And so that's when I really started to hone in my advisor skills and just really start to excel. And honestly, I started to make more money than I ever thought I'd make. What a great concept. Treat my customers like I would my friends and family. Yeah. What better way to serve and what better way to get ahead? I love that. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's the easiest business in the world. If you just take good care of people and you put your pride aside, because if somebody's upset about their car or upset about something and you can just put your pride aside and just listen and then try and help come up with a solution. A lot of times it works out just fine, but people have an issue with that and they take things personally. And when you take things personally, now it's a battle. And if you just don't do that, things always end so much nicer. And so I learned that. And so I really just started to focus on that and just started to see the people that were in front of me, no matter who they were, and just start treating them accordingly and honestly become a servant. My career took off when I learned that being a servant first was the most important thing. Well, those are words of wisdom. And I think you should probably make a t-shirt that says that (laughs) being a servant first will make your career because that's at the end of the day, what we're here to do. Yeah. I wish everybody felt that way. It would be a much nicer world. (laughs) Well, when I look at your story, going all the way back to when you were a kid watching your dad and then hitting the adversity through the divorce, what I love best is that you've learned from everything, which has made you wiser and wiser as you have grown. You know, you start with the adversity from the divorce, you learn from it. You didn't sit back and wallow on it. You just kept going and kept pushing, which falls into your life of service and what's helped propelled you in your business. Because if a customer gives you a bad CSI score or a bad report, you and your nature automatically learn from it and you grow from it, which is great wisdom in itself. And with everything that you have going on in your life, how do you maintain balance? How do you maintain your family, your wife, your kids, your personal life, your golf game, your fishing? (laughs) How do you keep all of that in check? That's what I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) Well, honestly, I'm trying to figure that out some days too. (laughs) I think you just have to be mindful of others. In all reality, I want to serve my customers. I want to serve my employees. I want to serve the owners. I want to serve my wife. I want to serve my children. And then I need to serve myself. And I think a, a lot of times we forget that part That's something that I've learned over the years, especially over the last few years, is you got to have that clarity. And the only way you can have that clarity is if you also include yourself in that. We can serve, 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 but we only have so much gas in the tank. For us, we have to recharge ourselves. And so trying to find that, how can I still be what everybody wants me to be, but at the same time, give myself what I need. And that's where the golf game comes in, obviously. Hot yoga, golf, working out. Those are my investments into myself. That gives me more energy to give to others. And I think that that helps me a ton. You know, I recently heard a wife had asked her husband a question. In what order would you serve yourself, your wife, and then your family? How would you number that? And he said, well, first, I would serve myself. Then I would serve you. Then I would serve the kids. And she got frustrated and upset (laughs) and angry. Well, I've done this. I had these kids for you. And 
how can you put me in second place? And he said, well, you're actually not in second place because in order for me to serve you the way you deserve to be served, I need to make sure I'm showing up as my best self to do this. So the reason I serve myself first, fitness, nutrition, mentally, spiritually, is so that I can be a better server to you. And I was like, whoa, I was blown away by that when I heard that. I was like, that is the way that it should be because we want to make sure that we're showing up as our best selves for our wives and for our children and for our family and for our friends and everyone around us. So that's a great point, Jeff. And I'm glad you brought that up because it is very important to make sure that we're making that time for ourselves. And I know I know you and I spoke not too long ago and you recently got into yoga, too. Yeah, honestly, it started with the golf game. So, you know, I wanted to become more flexible. So it wasn't really about stress relief or what it was going to do for me mentally, which honestly became now. That's why I go. But in talking with some professionals, actually owners of companies, I asked them, you know, how do you do it? How do you stay in great shape? Because they were older gentlemen, you know, they're in their 60s but they look fantastic and their physical abilities are still very strong. And so I asked them how they do it and they all go to hot yoga. And I was like, holy crap, there really could be something to this hot yoga. And so I started looking into it and then I forced myself to go, which honestly was a very awkward feeling at first. But that first class, once I left, I just realized, whoa, this is more than just flexibility. This is about mind, body, soul. And then the toxins that you lose through the heat, you just leave clear. And so now I've incorporated that into something that I just have to do. You know, I can have a horrible day at work or I can honestly not feel very good, you know, allergies or, you know, whatever it might be. I will force myself to still go. And when I leave, I'm brand new every single time. It's it's an amazing feeling. So it's helped quite a bit. When we talk about balance and taking care of ourselves and family and work and customers and clients, how would you describe what a balanced life means to you? Prioritize. And I think God is your first and foremost. That is my center is God, the Father. And every day is different. You got to look at the day and you got to prioritize. And it can be different every single day. And it's really hard to kind of give an example because it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. You know, you wake up in the morning and you've got different tasks to do or your family has different needs or the weather. There could be so many different factors that cause you to not really be able to do things the way that you might have. But prioritizing with good intentions, I would say. My job for what I do here at work, I know that I have to be on point at all times. So, I mean, that would be a huge priority of mine. Loving on my kids before I go to work, that's a huge priority. You know, kissing my wife goodbye. Nothing's too small or too large. And I think you just really have to look at the day and do the best you can and understand you're never going to do it all. I think a lot of people get frustrated because they have a list of items that they need to do. And trust me, I have a list too, but you can't get upset with yourself if you gave everything you got. And I would say that that would be how I would lead a balanced life is, did I do my very best at everything that I did? And did I hit the most important things? That's awesome. That's perfect. I think you just coined another phrase to prioritizing with intentionality, knowing what you need to do that day and what's most important to you. I have a similar routine too. It started well over a year ago where I wanted to get smarter. I wanted to focus on centering myself. I wanted to focus mentally, spiritually, and I would find myself with a list of to-dos of like 20 items that I had to get done that day. And I found that I would give myself anxiety when it was eight o'clock and I didn't read my 20 pages and I didn't get my Lean Six Sigma class done or whatever it was that I was working on that day. And I found that when I 
prioritized with intentionality and focused on one thing daily, it helped me become a lot more centered. And you can still touch on each items. You know, you knock your priorities out first. Like first thing in the morning is being thankful, being grateful and centering with our God. And then, of course, making sure that your wife is loved, your kids are loved, and then focusing on the rest of your day. That is perfect. Yeah. Now, how did you find your purpose? When was that aha moment for you where you're like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to serve. When I first became a service manager, because that's I wanted to grow my career. I wanted to move into management. I didn't really understand how that was going to look. And then basically I had the opportunity to mentor a couple people and help them propel their careers. And these were two people that one was from Iran and one was from Mexico. And they came here, became citizens, and they decided they wanted to grow a good life here in America. They were working at the valet car wash role at the dealership we were at. They were such hard workers. One of them worked full-time for us during the day and then full-time at UPS at night. I mean, these guys were not scared to work. They wanted to grow and they had such positive attitudes. And even though they didn't have a ton, they had aspirations to do more. And I saw that in them. And I was able to really spend a lot of time with them and help grow them and mentor them. And they took everything that I taught them and they put it into action. And then I got to see how it benefited their lives. And I got to see how their career grew. And so that's when I knew that me helping others learn from my mistakes or from the things that I do well and giving them those tools to be successful and to grow their lives was something I truly enjoyed to do. That's why I wanted to be on a big scale like I am today. Every single person on my team, I don't care what position they're in. I'm always available. I care about them. I want them to grow and I want to help them with what they want. And that's fun. It's not easy because there's a lot of stress that goes into that. And it can be taxing on my mind and my body from time to time, just depending on what we're going through. But in all reality, when the end result is somebody else's life was impacted in a positive way, there's nothing better. There's not a better feeling. And I love feeling that over and over. So this job gives me that opportunity to do that. Wow. That sounds truly fulfilling. And I can feel your energy when you say that. That's awesome. We live in a crazy world today, right? There's darkness all around us. There's uncertainty. It becomes really easy to feel overwhelmed at times, especially with all the noise and chatter. How do you manage to stay grounded and connected to your sense of purpose in the midst of all the chaos? Focusing on what's in front of me and what I can control. Realizing that I can't control everything and I have to trust the good Lord that he knows what he's doing. And honestly, That's easier said than done sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the more and more I think about that and the more and more I apply that, the more I realize it's true. Control what you can and don't worry about what you can't. And then trust me, everything will always work out. might not work out the way you want it, but it's going to work out. And so I think just really applying that is beneficial. Just trusting that everything will work out. 100%. So you've done a lot in your life. You've accomplished a lot to get to where you are today. What are your goals for the future? So this is a family owned business and I absolutely appreciate the opportunity they've given me, the support that they give me. And so doing the very best I possibly can for them and helping ensure that this company is sound and continues to grow and that I get to benefit along with it. That's a big goal for me. I want to start dabbling in some real estate ventures as I get a little older. I really have always wanted to get into buying homes and renting out homes or doing short-term rentals and playing a lot of golf 
and watching my kids play a lot of golf, hopefully. You know, I'm, I'm an older person, obviously, and I have young kids. So I have older kids and young kids. And so, you know, just really just ensuring that their lives hopefully go in a good direction and I can be there to watch it. Those would be my goals. Well, to piggyback that last part, I can completely relate. <laughs> yes, you can. Hey, I'm not going to call myself an older person, right? But but a highly seasoned individual <laughs> with younger kids what legacy do you hope to leave behind through your purpose and the work that you are currently doing? Love. Love. Wow. Yeah. That was strong. Yeah. That's the center, man. I want people to know I love them and I want people to love on everybody they can. And I think that that's, that's what this world needs. You talked about darkness. If you look at all the darkness that's in this world, it's lack of love. Well, I love you for saying that. So thank you. <laughs> I love you too, man. <laughs> that was powerful. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Love. That's awesome. Our last question, many people are currently struggling to find purpose or meaning in their lives. What advice would you give someone that's searching for their purpose? Appreciate what you have. When you're always wanting more or wanting something that other people have and you don't, that can create a huge void. And I think that if you really truly understand that where you're at is really not a horrible place, it might be bad and there might be some bad circumstances, but you're breathing and you have food and you have shelter. And I think a lot of times we overlook those basic things that we have that not everybody does. And there are those out there that don't, then it would be up to us to help them get it. But I think appreciating what you have and not just forgetting about the blessings and valuing those as something that's very important and you should be thankful for, that helps. You know what I mean? Because when you have that center there of appreciation for what you have, it's a lot easier to continue to move forward and grow and get more. Amazing. Do you have any uh, final words for our listeners today? No. Uh, well, I mean, no. Yes, I guess I, maybe I do. But <laughs> here's the deal. You know, this was a short conversation. I have had a lot of stressful points in my life where I didn't think the way I think now. And there's a lot of times where I still fail. Be okay with the failures because you're going to fail. Everybody including myself, we try and do the best we can and we have these goals and we want to be this and we want that, but just understand failure is going to come and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's an opportunity to learn, to grow, to become more resilient. So I would say that moving forward, when you fail, don't look at it as an end. Look at it as something to learn from and just continue to move forward. Well, I have certainly learned a lot. You're a very driven an admirable person, things to take away, you know, you want to prioritize with intentionality. You want to be okay with the failures. Most importantly, love on everyone, just love. We live in a world of darkness, but kindness and love can shed light into that darkness and make the world a better place. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Balanced Purpose Podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Balanced Purpose Podcast was created and hosted by me, Ray Trevino, and is produced and edited by Nick Galtney. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Check us out at balancedpurposepodcast.com and on Instagram at balancedpurposepodcast. Remember, finding your purpose is a journey, not a destination, and it takes time and effort to achieve balance. Make it a great day.